Today, we're starting a new series, and this series is called The God I Never Knew, and we're going to be focusing on the Holy Spirit. Is it okay if we focus on the Holy Spirit around here? Yeah. Everybody sure? I, uh, somebody came up, uh, Lisa actually came up and just shared a word with me, a, a dream that she had had, a vision that she had had about uh, being at a restaurant, and at that restaurant, they got seated, and there weren't enough seats at the table, and then uh, she said, what does this mean, Lord? She said, sometimes the Holy Spirit feels like there's not enough room at the table for him, but I think we ought to just say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you today, amen? We're going to give him free reign and free rule, and, and so we're going to talk about, for the next uh, number of weeks here, the Holy Spirit. I know this uh, sounds crazy, but you know, there are churches today who never talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, There are people today that don't ever reference the Holy Spirit. They ignore this person and this topic completely just altogether, But, um, but that's not who we are, right? That's not the people that we are. We're people that welcome the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? And that's not what Jesus did. Last week, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then after that, Jesus was resurrected. He spent 40 days on earth. And during that time, the major focus of his time on earth, his time, his last time on earth, was teaching, was preparing, was pointing people to the coming, to the empowering, to the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. Uh, Just even on the, the very first day, that, that resurrection morning when Jesus came back to earth, you know what? That uh, he met uh, Mary there in the garden, and if, I hope you haven't read that, uh, that story. You need to just read what really took place on the resurrection morning. So Mary goes back, all of the other disciples, they've gathered in a room, and they're in this room, and they're just kind of wondering <laughs> what's going to take place, and, and Mary comes back and tells them, says, hey, Jesus is alive, and they're like, well, yeah, but you know, the Jews might have taken him, and we find out that they're in this room, and they're very fearful. As a matter of fact, let's read it from John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19, it says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood among them and said, peace to be to them. Now, I don't know how you read the Bible. Um, Sometimes we just read it as print on page, but I hope from time to time we can get into the story, you know? And so we've got these disciples locked in a room and all of a sudden they're worried and fearful and fretting and not sure what's going to happen. Anybody ever been in a place like that? Most of us have been in a place like that, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus doesn't even use the door. He just walks in. He interrupts their fear party and says, hey, guys, I'm alive. Peace. Peace be to you. And he goes on and says, and when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Aren't we glad when we see the Lord? And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Now, if I was sitting in that room, I would be going, wait a minute. The Father sent Jesus. Jesus got crucified. He got beaten and whipped and crucified. And now Jesus is sending us. But you know, that's not what Jesus was talking about. So, so how did the Father send Jesus? When, when Jesus came to earth to accomplish God's purpose of redemption for mankind... He came, he sent him, filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit. I mean, all of the works of ministry that Jesus did throughout his life on earth 
They were done in the power of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1 puts it like this. Uh, John the Baptist is out baptizing people, and here's what John says. He says, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. Now, who, who's that him there? It's Jesus, right? In church, the answer is always Jesus, right? And so, but it was Jesus. And he said, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, it is he uh, that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and bear witness that this is the Son of God. So what John's saying is the Holy Spirit came down and uh, came upon Jesus and stayed on Jesus. Now this was unique because throughout the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would show up and he would do mighty and powerful things. He would do miraculous things. He would work in people. He would work for people, for nations and countries. But then he would descend. He would go away. But now the scripture says that the Holy Spirit came and he stayed on Jesus. So you see what Jesus is saying? Look, the, this abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, he's with me. He's in me. He, and now he's going to move through me. And so back to the disciples in the room, and when Jesus had said this, when Jesus said, I'm going to send you just like the Father sent me, look what he did. It says that he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I don't know everything that the word breathe means on them, but I do know this. You know what I think he meant? He set an atmosphere. He released the presence of the Holy Spirit into that room where they could receive the Holy Spirit for themselves. They, they could make the choice to say, Jesus, if you're giving the Holy Spirit, I want the Holy Spirit. You know, this is, this is what God has always envisioned for us. God's plan for each and every one of us has been that we would always live lives filled with his Spirit. That, that, that's the environment. That's, the, the, that's how we're created to function and to live. You see, it's only through the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have life in God and it's only through the presence of the Holy Spirit that we can do the work of God. We can't do it in our, has anybody recognized you can't do it in your own strength? Can't do it in your own ability? Okay, we do it only in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe today, am I talking to the right people? Are, are we the people that say we want the Holy Spirit working in us and working through us and abiding in us and touching lives through us? That's the people we are. So let's take a look at the Holy Spirit today. Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, uh, just a little preface here. I would say that um, some people may have grown up reading the King James Bible or a different version of the Bible, and it said the Holy Ghost, and you've been learned to talk about the Holy Ghost. Well, the terms Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost mean exactly the same thing. Um, most older translations of the Bible, they um, have the word Holy Ghost. Today, the, the terminology of the word ghost doesn't really have the same connotation. So most, all, almost entirely all of the newer versions of the Scripture, they say the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the Old Testament, it's the word Ruach. Okay, it means breath, wind, spirit. In the New Testament, it's the word Pneuma. Very same thing. So when you, you read or see or hear Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, it's the same thing. Today, we're going to be talking about who is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. So first of all, the Holy Spirit is God. Okay? The Holy Spirit is God. I heard someone say one time that, um, that, that his name, okay, is really not Holy Spirit, 
That, that's his function. That's what he does. His name is God. Um, we sang a lot today about Jesus, and I think it's wonderful to sing about Jesus. You know, when we think about God the Father, or we think about God the Son, Jesus, we usually don't have a problem. But sometimes there are people who think about God the Holy Spirit, and they get a little bit uncomfortable. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is God. He's co-equal, he's co-eternal, he's co-existent with God. He is God in every way, shape, and form. He is God. And can I tell you what? He wants to dwell with us. He wants to dwell in us. He's the third person of the Trinity who is here, sent by Jesus to be here with each and every one of us to accomplish God's purposes in our lives and through our lives. Point number two, okay? The Holy Spirit is a person. Okay, the Holy, remember Jesus, fully man, fully God, right? The Holy Spirit has a personality. The Holy Spirit um, is, and again, I've heard someone uh, say this about, about the Holy Spirit being a person, and I, I agree with this, that if we don't see the Holy Spirit as a person or personality, you know what? We're not going to want to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, and, and what I've found out through the years is, and even in my own life at times, there have been times when I can really draw close to the Father, I can really draw close to Jesus, but sometimes I'm a little ambiguous about what is this Holy Spirit, you know? We've got people who you start talking about the Holy Spirit and they take a step back. Can I tell you, when people start talking about the Holy Spirit, what we really should do, let's take a step in, let's move forward, all right? So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person and he wants a very personal relationship with each and every one of us. The Holy, think about that. God, the Holy Spirit, wants a personal, intimate relationship with every single person that's sitting, that's sitting here this morning. And he's a divine person. He's a great person. And we want to draw close to him. So how can we know that the Holy Spirit is a person? There's some aspects that we can look at. The first one is that the Holy Spirit has a mind. In Romans chapter 8, verse 27, it says, And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind, okay? Inanimate things don't have a mind. It's don't have a mind, right? The Holy Spirit, a person has a mind. And he, uh, the, he knows what's the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit has a mind, and that because of that mind, he knows the will of God. Uh, Corinthians says it like this in, in chapter uh, 2. It says that, that Holy Spirit, that, that knowledge, having the knowledge of God, all of the knowledge of God, all of the mind of Jesus Christ, that that is a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a being that knows the deep things of God, that has the mind of God, and who teaches us. He's the one who himself, he teaches us the heart, the, I mean the mind and the thoughts of God. Now, let me ask, is there anybody here this morning that's ever said, I want to know the will of God? I mean, we think about that um, all, all the time, like, what's God's will for my life? And what's God's will for the, the person <clears throat> I'm going to marry and for, the, for that, that amazing, wonderful man or for that terrific young lady? Who is it, God, that you uh, want me to marry? What job do you want me to take? So we search, we ask, we care about the will of God. Can I tell you how you can know the will of God? You can ask the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because he knows, and he's a tattletale. Uh, he, 
Jesus said he'll come and he'll tell you things. He'll teach you things. He'll show you things. The Holy Spirit is all about bringing revelation into our lives. The Holy Spirit wants you and wants me to know his will. Have you ever wanted to know what God thought about something? How God, you know, thinks about a certain topic or what his thought is about what's going on in our world or what's going, uh, what's going to happen in the future. Can I tell you? The Holy Spirit knows. We can ask the Holy Spirit and he can give us direction and help shape our lives to be prepared. So the Holy Spirit has a mind and he has thoughts. He has feelings. He has emotions. The book of Romans describes the Holy Spirit as a lover Okay, he loves people, he loves us, um, he, he loves us deeply, just as deeply, just as tenderly as God the Father loves us, as Jesus, everybody knows Jesus loves the little children and the rest of us, right? Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit loves you, the Holy Spirit loves us, he cares about us, and, and the, so the Holy Spirit has personality, in Galatians chapter 5, I think everybody would recognize the section of Scripture called the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, puts it like this. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, there it is again, but joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all wonderful things that, the whole, that demonstrate the personality of the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? He wants to live in us so closely that these characteristics of his life become a part of the characteristics of our life, where we are people who love and people who have joy and live in peace and we're long-suffering and faithfulness. And that's why the scripture in verse 25 says that if we're going to live in the Spirit, Okay, if we're going to have this abiding, personal, intimate relationship with the Spirit, then let's keep in touch. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's walk in the Spirit. The things He thinks, let's think. The things He would do, let's do. Who He is, is who He wants us to be. There's also an aspect of the Holy Spirit that shows personality that says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Um, Ephesians puts it like this. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit let me, let me ask this. What is it that brings about grief uh, in our lives a lot of times? No, I'm not talking about Tyler traffic. I'm talking about something a little bit more important than that, right? That does, that does grieve some people. Pray for me, saints, okay? But, uh, but what is it? You know what? What generally grieves our lives is when there's a disruption in relationship. I've unfortunately uh, stood at many funerals and watched people grieve. Uh, I guess it's a good thing that they're grieving the loss of a loved one and the separation that takes place there. So the Holy Spirit is grieved when there's a breach or when there's a break, a disruption in the intimacy and the relationship that he, he desires to have with us. So if there's anything in our actions or our words or our thoughts or our deeds or if there's an abiding sin that goes on in our life, you know what that does? That causes the Holy Spirit to be grieved when we're, when we're selfish and uncaring about others. It grieves him deeply. And, and why he's grieved is not because he's mad at us. And somebody needs to hear this today. It's not because he wants to pinch your little head off. He's grieved, okay, He's grieved because there's a break of relationship there. 
There's something that says, hey, I don't honor you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to be close to you. I don't want to do your will. I don't want to accomplish your purposes. There's a breach of relationship that saddens the Holy Spirit because he wants the absolute best for us. So for just a minute, if you would, let's, uh, let's look at some of the things that grieve the Holy Spirit or cause us to have a loss of intimacy with him. Ephesians 4.25 begins and it says, put away falsehood and speak everyone truth. You know what grieves the Holy Spirit? Lying grieves the Holy Spirit. Have you noticed that you can't have a relationship with somebody that's going to, be, that's going to lie to you? Okay, if, there, if there's not truth, there's not going to be relationship. And he goes on and says, be angry and do not sin. Okay, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So he's saying abiding anger, anger that's allowed to stay in our lives, that, that comes, that grows to be uh, bitterness and wrathful and, and hateful and, and, and becomes a bondage in our lives. That grieves the Holy Spirit because it's not what's going to be best for our lives. Goes on and he says, uh, don't steal. How many people know that stealing, okay, okay, being a thief is going to grieve the Holy Spirit? Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows if you steal, you're going to get caught and you're going to get locked up and go to jail. And unless you're planning to have a jail ministry, it's not going to be good for you. Okay, he wants what's good for us. So he says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Corrupt talk, and a lot of times I think the first thing we go to is, is cursing or taking the Lord's name in vain, and we know those things are, are corrupt, but can I tell you, when you're talking bad about other people, when you're putting others down, and when you're, the scripture goes on, when you're slandering people or talking about malice, you know, you're, you're trying to hurt other people with your words, that that grieves the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he doesn't hurt people, he helps people. Okay, and that's what he wants us to be doing. As a matter of fact, he kind of sums all of these things up that would cause him to be uh, grieved, the bitterness, the wrath, the, the, the anger, clamor, slander, all that. Put it away from you. Why? So that you can be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, as God in Christ forgave you. So the Holy Spirit's working for our benefit. You see, we could go on and on and talk about many other different aspects. The Holy Spirit hears, he speaks, he prays, he teaches, he guides us. These are all aspects that show that truly the Holy Spirit is a person, a person that each and every one of us can have an intimate relationship with us. The Holy Spirit is here for our benefit. Amen? He is. He's here. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 16, Jesus, before he was crucified, he's in a room, he's got his disciples together, and he says, I want to tell you something, something very important. So he probably said, look me in the eyes, right? <laughs> if you ever wanted to get your kids' attention, look at me, look at my eyes. No, look at my eyes, look at my eyes. And so he's saying, hey, look me in the eyes and listen to what he says. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, to your benefit that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper will not come. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Now, I've got to tell you personally, that word helper in the Greek is one of my favorite words. I think Pastor Chris referenced it a few weeks ago. It's paraclete, parakletos. And what it really means, it means a comforter. Now, okay, not like grandma's comforter. Uh, you know, everybody think of those big billowy uh, blankets or those, uh, what are those, the, the duvets, ladies? Are you impressed? The duvet, that I would know that word, right? The duvets or, um, 
It's not like my, one of my favorite things in life right now. I, I love my Snuggie, and I'm proud of it, so I will not receive any shame, okay? But I love, the Holy Spirit is not just a, some warm, fuzzy thing. This word really means someone who comes alongside of us, someone who adds their strength to us, someone who aids us, someone who helps us, someone who defends us, and, and even in a legal sense, like a a representative, an attorney, a legal representative, the Holy Spirit. This is the kind of helper that he is. He's an intercessor. He's an assistant. He's here to help and to benefit and to bless our lives. So as we can see, the Holy Spirit is God and he is good and his desire is to help each and every one of us. And can I just ask, is there anybody here that needs help in your life from time to time? How about all the time, right? <laughs> Both hands up for me, all right? We need, we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Now, for some of us, thinking about, for some people, thinking that the Holy Spirit is good um, is confusing to them. They, they, that's not how they think. Uh, some people are surprised because I really do believe they're confused about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Some people think that the Holy Spirit is only around to judge or to criticize, to make us feel bad, to condemn us, to just point out our sins and all the bad things that we do when we step on a crack and all that kind of stuff, you know? And, and, and that's just not who the Holy Spirit is. That's not the kind of person that he is. It's not the kind of, of, of God and person that he is. He's here to help us. And even when he does convict us, and, and I want you to listen to this scripture if we're continuing to read in John 16, verse 8, it says, When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So, so the Holy Spirit does convict of sin, but who does he convict of sin? Sinners, okay? People that don't know Jesus Christ. And, and can I tell you, for one, as we were in throne room worshiping this morning, I was back there just worshiping, and all of a sudden I thought, God... I am so thankful that when I did not know you, when I was lost in my sin, when I thought I was okay, that Holy Spirit, you loved me enough to come and to say, you're not okay. Your sin is blinding you and your sin is, is binding you and your sin is destroying your life and it's keeping you under the curse of the law and it's bringing you to a place of death and it's going to send you to a place of eternal punishment. And because the Holy Spirit is so good, he came and he convicted me of my sin. Can I tell you this? That if you're never convicted of your sin... You may never recognize that you're a sinner and may never think that you need a savior. But we all need a savior, amen? Every person, every one of us. So if there's somebody there today, whether it's here in this building or online, and, and you're sensing a conviction for your sin, can I, can I encourage you to say thank you, Holy Spirit, for loving me enough to being a good enough friend to tell me that my sin is destroying my life and to providing an answer in Jesus Christ. Verse 9 goes on, it says, concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Verse 10, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. 
So, so the Holy Spirit then, even after we sin, is there anybody at all today, okay, here or online, that anybody at all that even after Jesus, after accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, receiving his forgiveness, is there anybody that ever sinned? Yeah, yeah, we've all sinned. And so then what does the Holy Spirit do? He doesn't come and convict us that we're sinners. He, come and he comes to convince us that we are righteous. Now, I don't know about you, but I had a hard time with this for a long time. You know, I'd, I'd be living for Jesus and doing really good and, and make it for, you know, a couple days. And then all of a sudden, I'd blow it. All right. And oh, there I am. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a bad person. I'm just no good. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit would just say, that's not true. That's not who you are. So he doesn't come and point out how bad our sin is. He comes and reminds us that's not how a child of God lives. That's not how a son of righteousness lives. That's not somebody who's been, how somebody who has been forgiven and made whole in Jesus Christ lives or has to live. You don't have to give in to sin. You don't have to walk around being defeated. You don't have to yield to every temptation. You don't have to eat cake every time they put it in front of you. Amen? I mean, that's what he's been telling me, right? So, <laughs> we, he he's convinces us that he, we are beloved and we are, we are righteous and we are good in God's sight. And God's not angry with us. He's concerned for us. So he convinces us of our righteousness. And then verse 11 says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of the world judges. The ruler of the world is judged. So, so the Holy Spirit then comes in and says, hey, I also want to convict or I want to convince, I want to counsel you about concerning judgment. And for some of us, it used to be, oh my goodness, if I do something bad, I'm going to get judged. But can I tell you what the Holy Spirit really comes to counsel us about? He comes to say, hey, I want to tell you that that enemy, that devil, that one that you're so concerned is going to mess up your life, can I remind you that he is defeated, that he is already, his judgment is sealed, he's going to spend eternity burning in, a tor in torment in hell, but you don't have to yield to the enemy because you know what? You're victorious over the enemy. Isn't that a great judgment to have in our hearts today, to know that we are people who are living in victory? You see, the Holy Spirit is always leading us to Jesus and always reminding us of what Jesus has done and, and always reminding us that we can be like Jesus. He's changing us little by little into the image of Jesus Christ. You know what that's called? That's called being a great friend. And that's the third point. The Holy Spirit is a friend. The Holy Spirit is a friend. Now, I, in my life, I've got to tell you, um, I'm thankful for great friends. I, I'm, I've got more great friends than I could have ever dreamed of or deserved. And I see many friends here around here today. And Pastor Chris, he is a, he's a great friend. But you know what? Pastor Chris has a life outside of me. And, uh, and Pastor Chris, he can't be with me all the time and, and help me all the time and encourage me all the time. And, and, and he just, you know, uh, he, he's got other things. I don't think they're as important, but he's got other things he needs to do. So he's got other people that he needs to deal with. But, but can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is always with me. And that I know that he is, he's in me, but, 
but he's also with me. I don't know exactly how to explain. He's in me, but he's with me. It's like sometimes we're riding, uh, I'm riding in the car. It's like he's right there with me in the car, maybe sitting, sitting in the seat beside me. And, and we're talking about things. And, and sometimes it's just like communication about what a beautiful day. And, and I mean, man, wow, God, this is great. He goes, yeah, thank you. And I'm like, this is, you know, and, and then there's times when he says, hey, you know, Sam, if I was you and if I was driving, I probably would slow down some, you know, and about the time he says that I see this, you know, police car sitting there. I mean, this has just happened just this week. And, and I look like, wow, how did you? Oh, well, of course you knew you're God, right? You know, I mean, you know, all those type of things. And, and the Holy Spirit is there and he cares. And other times he brings something to mind. I've got my mind on a lot of things. And then all of a sudden he says, hey, Sam, have you thought about this situation? And, and because we're thinking about it, why don't we just go ahead and pray about it? And he brings things to mind that I should pray about and people to pray for. And, you know, through the years, I've got to tell you, it's been amazing to me. I know that there are people here today could testify, hey, it's been amazing to them, that could be riding down the road and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will say, hey, you know what? I, I was just thinking about so-and-so. Have you thought about them or talked to them lately? Or do you know what's going on? I said, no, you know what? Holy Spirit, I really don't, you know? And he said, well, why don't you give them a call? And I've picked up the phone and made a phone call. And, and, and all of a sudden they go, wow, I can't believe that, <laughs> that you call me at just this time. You know, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm just good like that. You know, I mean, that's, no, no. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, well, that just, what I tell people sincerely is, you know what that says? That says that, that God's got you on his mind, that he would put you on mind. Time and time again, I've seen that happen. And, and even just a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, somebody, I was driving, running some errands and kind of doing some busy work. And, and the, the Lord said, hey, have you talked to so-and-so lately? And they're in a different state, hour, different time zone. And I said, no, I haven't talked to him. And so I, he said, well, well, why don't you just give him a call? So I picked up the phone. I called him. I said, hey, man. He goes, I can't believe you're calling. I was going like, why? What's going on? He said, I am just getting ready to walk out the door to pick up my fiance and go and ask her to marry me. I said, well, I'm going to be praying for her, you know, <laughs> so, but, but he said, it's so amazing because I'm so nervous. And I'm just so, I said, well, hey, why don't we just take a minute and let's pray. And can I tell you that, that those type of things to, to have a friend that's right there to help us. Okay, to help us to be who he wants us to be, to be a blessing to other people. Man, don't you want that kind of friend in your life? Can I tell you, he wants to be your friend. Yeah, I've got a, another friend. Um, her name is Yvette. And uh, hi, <laughs> so she, she's at home today with a little cough. So keep her, uh, remember her in prayer. And, and Yvette, she is wonderful. She's amazing. She is fantastic. See what else I wrote here? She, no, I'm, she, she is. She's great. She's beautiful. She's a, and, and she really is. Uh, she's my best friend. Um, but you know what? She's not always ready to talk to me, especially sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and things, has anybody ever wake up in the middle of the night with things on your mind or things on your heart? And it's like, um, hey, babe, you want to talk? It's like, Roll over, go to sleep, you know? Uh, and if it's not that, it's the poke in the side. Stop snoring, stop snoring. So, but can I tell you, there's never been a time when the Holy Spirit has ever said, roll over, I haven't got time to talk. 
There's never been a time where the Holy Spirit says, look, I'm too busy with the problems of the world and taking care of the universe that, that he hasn't had time to sit and to talk and to counsel. And, and he's never said, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> Let's talk later. He's always available. He's amazing. He really does. He loves me like I've never been loved in my life. And can I tell you, he is an amazing, an amazing friend. He's an amazing friend. You know, Jesus, when he um, was leaving earth, Matthew chapter 28, it says that Jesus, he gathered his disciples for the very last time. And, and he says to them, listen, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. And behold, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. And then he leaves. <laughs> I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought you were going to be here to forever to the end of the age. And he says, I am. But I'm going to be here in the presence of the Holy Spirit so that I can be with each and every one of you. Never leave you. Never be away from you. Never absent from you. And I'm going to do it in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to live in you. He wants to be with you. He loves and cares for you deeply. And he's inviting you into the most intimate and beneficial relationship and friendship that we will ever experience on planet Earth. And all you have to do to have this relationship is to say, yes, Holy Spirit, I receive you and I welcome you into my life. Right now, Holy Spirit, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me so much that you would come and you would speak to me. You would convict me of my sin and bring me to Jesus and, and bring me to a place where I could receive forgiveness of my sins and receive new life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for loving me. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for walking with me through the years. Your faithfulness, oh God, has been so amazing. God, if there's been a breach, if there's been something, a separation, maybe it's been a, an issue, a hardness of heart or a practice of sin, God, right now I repent of those things. Come on, church, just say, I repent of those things right now. I don't want there to be anything separating me from, from just a, an intimate, personal, God, just a deep, wonderful relationship and friendship with you, Holy Spirit. And so I receive, God, I, I, I welcome you right now just to come and to Renew your presence, your fullness in my life. Just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your fullness in my life right now in the name of Jesus.